And we'll be reading together from Psalm chapter 1, and this psalm will be our text as well today. Psalm chapter 1 is written as an introduction to the book of Psalms. And God teaches us here. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The word of God. Let's now respond to God's word, singing together from Psalm 73, the verses 1, 7, and 8. The text for today is also this very same psalm. It would be helpful to have it open on hand as we work our way through it. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in not too short of a time, many of you will be celebrating 12 o'clock with the words, Happy New Year. Maybe you're making plans to gather together with friends and family, and your, uh, your patterns might be different as you gather together. Maybe you'll hug each other, or read the Bible, or pray as you bring in the New Year, or maybe you will celebrate in some other way. But for most of you, Lord willing, this will be A happy time. A time in which you can look back on the Lord's blessings over this past year. Yes, there were hardships and there always are. But the Lord has continued to provide. He gives health. He gives strength. And He gives support through His Word. And support through various people in our lives as well. And even in the hardships, He was there with His providential care. As we know, Christ doesn't remove hardships from the Christian life, but rather He adds grace to the Christian life. If the Lord was at the center of your year this past year, and you look forward to the Lord being at the center of your year this coming year, you really can celebrate 
saying Happy New Year. It's that word that's at the center of this psalm that we are looking at today. The Hebrew word for blessed here, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. It can also mean happy, blessed, or happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, the counsel of the ungodly. The reason why it's translated as blessed instead of happy here, of course, is because while it holds happy within it, it goes so much deeper than that. It's a greater happiness than the kind that many of you boys and girls may have felt when you opened your presents on Christmas Day or whenever you chose to do a gift exchange this year. This is a happiness that God Himself gives. This is a kind of happiness, a blessedness that's unshakable because it's not rooted in yourself. Because you know for yourself, you have emotions that can go up and that can go down. And from day to day, from week to week, they can change. But it's a, root, it's a happiness, a blessedness that's rooted in something that's outside of yourself. Someone that's outside of yourself. Someone who is unchangeable. Someone who is unshakable. And so today we'll look at this under the following theme. Psalm 1, the foundation for a happy or blessed new year. And we'll see, first of all, an introduction to life. Second, the way of the godly. And third, the way of the ungodly, or the wicked, as the ESV translates it here today. Now, as we begin and dive into this psalm, we ought to look at and reflect a little bit on the place that this psalm has within the broader body of psalms. You may think, well, what's the purpose of that? There's no broader narrative. There's no broader story. The Psalms of David are mixed in with the Psalms of Asaph and the Psalms of Korah. Is there any sense to looking at the context? There are, of course, certain Psalms that do fit together very well. Take, for example, the the Songs of Ascents, which were sung one after another as the Israelites as the Jews were busy making their way up to the Temple Mount. But there are others that don't fit so well. So, what's the point of thinking of this psalm within the broader context? Well, when it comes to our psalm today, you'll see that there actually is absolutely a point to it. You see, our psalm today is what you might call an editor's introduction to the collection of psalms. Now, the book of Psalms has within it the full range of human emotion. Frustration, sadness, joy, excitement, depression, and more. And it has within it the full range of human experience as well. Poverty, wealth, oppression and victory, running from things, living in unrepentant sin, Repenting from sin, and so much more besides. And the thrust of the whole book, all of that together is this. That no matter what happens, 
No matter what happens in good times or in bad, it is best to live under God. To live under God. Well, what does that look like? The best way that you can see that is to contrast the way of those who do not live under God and the way of those who do live under God, isn't it? The way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And that's what our psalm writer does today. Blessed is the man, verse 1. But the wicked are not so, verse 4. The ungodly are not so. We are just about to explore life and emotion and who God is, the psalmist is saying. And this book of Psalms is going to take us up and down. There will be times when you are reflecting as one who doubts the goodness of God. There are times when you wonder if it is all worth it. You can think of Psalm 73 that we just sang. As for me, I slipped almost. For when I heard the foolish boast of those who paid no heed to thee, I envied their prosperity. There can be times when you wonder if it's all worth it. But I'm here to tell you, the author of this psalm, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, I'm here to tell you straight from the start that it is worth it. That the greatest blessing comes from a life that is right with God. And so this book of psalm begins. So this psalm begins. And we come here to the second point. The way of the godly. So what do we see here? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. We can see here a picture of a man who is walking closer and closer to sin. You can almost picture what's going on here. It's like you see him walking along the road and he sees a group of people. You can imagine, just picture the the narrow city streets of Jerusalem here with stone buildings on either side and a stone walkway that you're going up. And you see a group of people who are up to no good. This is a road that does him no good because this person knows that the people or the things that tempt him are there. And yet, the first step of the way is that he goes there anyways, even knowing that. And instead of walking on by, whatever it is that's up to them there attracts him. He slows down. He stops. He listens. And then he sits down which is a picture of him joining in with the group. This is a picture of the trouble that one can get into if you entertain sin. You see, it's not just that one, way you, one day you suddenly decide to, to dive into sin. The Bible is teaching us a principle here. The Holy Spirit is teaching us that one who is examining their life should not just be on the lookout for sin and walk away from it. 
But we should see that walking from God, walking away from God, leads us to things that let us slip in little ways that at first we think are not such a big deal. But the thing is that as we make that one compromise, suddenly we open the floodgates. And if we make that one compromise and we don't catch ourselves and hold ourselves accountable, we don't look to God, we don't return to God in repentance, then we're going to make another compromise. And as we make another compromise, and yet another, we're slowly and more deeply pulled into sin. There is no blessing in this. While it might seem that when it comes to the first few compromises, things just look like fun and we don't think it's such a big deal, and the pastor and everybody else should just lay off, God is teaching us that there is no blessing in this. Now, that might not seem like a very big deal. Just that observation that there is no blessing in this. And some of you young people, you younger people, may not have experienced God's blessing over the long term. You're just looking back when it comes to the new year, and you're just looking back on this past year. You've not had the opportunity to chart the path of your life over decades. And to hear that there is no blessing in something doesn't necessarily mean much to you. But let me challenge you on this today. Go to some of the older members in our congregation today and ask them about this. Ask them about the blessing of the Lord over the course of their lives over one who looks to the Lord and who leans on the Lord in such a way that by His grace, as He carries them along, they don't even take that first step into sin. Or if they have taken that first step and they take more steps, they've been drawn back. Some of them may have had times when they walked away from God And he could see the effects of a life in which his hand of blessing was removed. They can maybe tell you of the great contrast contrast that's seen in moving from a life with no blessing to a life with blessing. Others have been walking with the Lord by his grace from their youth. Their delight, as you can see in verse 2, is in the law of the Lord. Not just the say, the 613 legal, ceremonial, and moral laws of the Old Covenant, the word for law here is the Hebrew word Torah. So it's taken to mean all of God's revelation that has been received up to this point by the psalm writer. It's the history. It's not just the law. It's the history. It's the love. And yes, it's also teaching how to live. But not just teaching us how to live, but also why we live that way. And it's for that reason that it's been the delight of some who have been walking with the Lord from their youth by His grace. They meditate on it day and night, verse 2b. Which doesn't mean that they're 
spending all of their time reading the Bible. It didn't mean that for the Jews back in the days when this was written either. They had day jobs too. But it's never far from their hearts and minds. After, by God's grace, having spent years growing in it and loving it, it's become a part of their worldview so that even when they were not actively meditating on it, it informs and shapes their lives and their actions every step of the way. Speak to such people and ask them about the blessings of the Lord over their life. They will tell you the truth of what we find in verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water, which brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. The picture that's given here is a beautiful one. Such a person is like a tree that is planted by streams of water. You have to keep in mind that there are places in Israel where the land was very dry and thirsty, and this was a big deal. A tree that wasn't planted like that would do fine when things were going fine. But when things started going poorly and when the weather turns hot and dry, where will this tree turn? But the one who turns to the Lord and seeks their blessing from the Lord will still be able to bear fruit in dry season. This isn't to say that those dry seasons won't come. And those dry seasons haven't come. They can look back on their lives and they can tell you that yes, those dry seasons came. But they were still able, by His grace, to bear fruit in the dry seasons as well. Bear fruit in season because of the fact that they were rooted in streams of water. They were rooted in the blessings of the Lord. For them and for many among us here today, they can profess that as they grounded themselves in His Word in this way, and as they grounded themselves in who God is, as they meditated and had their delight in His Torah, in His guidance, in His direction. God has never let them down. There may have been times when they have failed. There may be times when you fail. I know there are certainly times when I fail. But God never fails, in good times or in bad. God remains faithful. So knowing this, the psalmist asks us today in this psalm, knowing this, why would we settle for less? And this is where he brings us to the picture of what life as the ungodly actually looks like. It is settling for less. And this brings us to our third point. So what about the ungodly? What about those who don't recognize God for who He is? Those who don't 
believe in Jesus Christ. I'm looking around us here in Canada and they seem to be doing just fine, right? Many people think that the foundation of a happy new year is health and wealth. When they see their investment portfolio going up, this past year they would probably have been very pleased. When their health is doing well. That materialistic mindset is what drives much of our society today. And living in that society, you and I, we don't remain untouched by that kind of thinking. It's true that wealth and good health can bring a certain measure of earthly contentment. And that's why, while many people in our world today are looking for answers, many others are perfectly content to live life as it is laid out before them. As long as they're healthy and there's a comfortable cushion of money in the bank, as long as they don't have to think about the things that bring them stress, life carries on. And for people who are living in the days of the Old Testament, this was true as well. When this psalm was written, there were many people who were quite content just to live their lives. In another psalm, Psalm 73, this would have quite possibly been one of the psalms that's in the mind of the author of this psalm. Psalm 73, there Asaph writes, As for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no pangs in death. Their strength is firm. They're not plagued. They're not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. But in Psalm 73, the reality check comes when he enters into the temple, when he lifts up his eyes from this earth to God in heaven. And likewise, the same reality check happens for us. You see, we can spend a lot of time wrestling with getting more achievements and more comfort on this earth. But as someone else once put it, the death rate is still one per person. Life, this life, is short and momentary. Remember that. Especially In light of this, God has promised to receive you and to forgive you and love you if you repent and come to Him in faith now. But He has not promised to give you a tomorrow in which you can repent. As for earthly success, this life is short and momentary. And then all that we've collected for ourselves will pass on. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 1. For there is a man whose labor is with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and yet he must leave all his heritage. He must leave his inheritance to a man who has not labored for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. The author of Ecclesiastes writes, And it's for this reason that the author of Psalm 1 writes, the ungodly are like chaff which the wind will drive away. If you've ever seen a combine in a field harvesting grain, if you've been driving through the countryside this past fall, 
the dust, and the extra that's all left behind after the seed is collected and separated from the rest of the plant. As the combine's going through the field and you see all that extra blowing away, that's chaff. The way of the ungodly will lead to this end. That's a guarantee that God himself gives. Yes, the way of the wicked, the way of the ungodly might prosper for a time. And the fact that it's prospering can even be a reason for believers to stumble. You look at a wicked man and he seems to be flourishing and you can be brought to wonder, why? Why does this man seem to flourish? Why does that woman seem to flourish? To prosper? Why do things seem to be going well for everybody else when I seem to be having such a hard time of it? But while the ungodly may be successful for a time on this earth, and it may even lead to arrogance and pride on their part, although not necessarily, to standing in judgment over those who are not as successful, there will be a time when all of that will be over. After death, you will not stand in judgment, nor will you be gathered together with those whose lives were devoted to God instead of to themselves. They'll not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Instead, you will be like chaff. Chaff that when the wind kicks up a little, just blows away. The faster that New Year's days come, the more we become aware of the fact that life is so fleeting. And that at the end of the day, unless we have a hope that extends beyond this earth, we're not going to find a deep and a lasting confidence. You can almost imagine this picture of somebody who is saving up for retirement where while another person is spending all their money, blowing all their money in the short term, that other person might seem like they are entertaining themselves and having a lot of fun. There's no long-term stability. They are setting themselves for anguish when they get to an age in which they are too old to work. While the person who has saved up all their life long and has gotten used to living for the long term, has a different standard for being content with that. And they enter their retirement years with a lot more peace and stability. This, you might say, is a promise from the Lord for a spiritual version of that. As a child of God, God gives you a community God gives you His Word, and God gives you Himself. And in this, even if in nothing else, in this you can prosper. But more than that, God gives you the eternal hope for an eternal future. God gives you the hope of His constant and watchful care. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. That's the promise with that final line about the righteous in verse 6. Beloved, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows, He sees, 
he loves and he acts. And at the end of days, he will take you home. Remember that as you come into this new year. When you see that others seem to be flourishing and your foot might be tempted to slip. Commit your way to the Lord again and He will lift you up. Lift up your eyes to heaven. Then lower them down to His Word. Your open Bibles in front of you and sink your roots deep in living water. Delight in His promises. Remember the eternal view. And as you grow in that, He will grant you blessing. And bit by bit, as you walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, He will grow in you a greater contentment and happiness than any of those other things could offer. Amen. In response to the proclamation of the Word, let's now sing together from that very same psalm. Psalm 1, and we'll be singing verses 1, 2, and 3.